Hi, listeners. Welcome to the Grief Out Loud podcast produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children. I'm Janet Christofaro and wanted to give you just a little heads up as you listen to this episode, you'll be hearing references to our old name, which was Dear Dougie. So just so you don't get too confused, you're listening to the right podcast and we look forward to bringing you even more great content under the Grief Out Loud name. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dear Dougie podcast produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children in Portland, Oregon. I am Brendan Connolly. And I'm Donna Sherman. After over 30 years of working with children and families who are grieving a death, we want to share what we've learned from them with the larger community. We're all going to experience loss during our lives, but a lot of us find ourselves unsure of what to say or what to do, both for ourselves and for others. Whether you're grieving a loss or wanting to support someone who is, we hope these conversations are helpful. It's good to talk to you today, Donna. Nice to talk to you too, Brendan. We are talking today about um, suicide, the language around suicide, the stigma associated with suicide. Is that right? That's right. And it's a big topic. Yeah. We started our first Healing After a Suicide Death groups in 1986 at the Dougie Center, mostly because the families who came to us who had a suicide death were experiencing so much isolation and stigma from others that they really didn't feel comfortable in grief support groups where people were receiving support when they'd had someone die of cancer or after a car accident. And I'm a little sorry to say that almost 30 years later, we still see that distinct need because of the stigma and because of the lack of support that families who have a suicide death often get from others. Now, you've been paying attention, the Dougie Center in general, but but you specifically have been paying attention to this for a while. And do you feel like in, in in, in your watching over this topic, has the needle moved much culturally in the in the US here? Unfortunately, Brendan, I don't think so. Yeah. I actually was uh, as a, as a volunteer before I came on the staff of the Dougie Center. I was a volunteer with Dougie Center's founder Bev Chapel in the healing after a suicide death group. And I hear now the same things I heard almost 3 decades ago. I think we've made some progress baby steps in understanding more about mental illness. But one of the cautions that I have around that is, I think actually here now in in US society anyway, we're overemphasizing the brain and the mental aspect to the exclusion of social and socioeconomic factors that also contribute to suicide. Is that kind of a reductionist I mean, are you saying it's kind of a reductionist point of view to to limit it to just that aspect and and ignore the other the other factors? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And we know that suicide is not the result of one specific thing. It's a combination mm. of factors that come together. If it was one specific thing, we would have 
resolved it and solved it, and we're not really making a lot of progress. Yeah, and you see this irrespective of, or or tell me what you see. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I mean, what is there? Does it transcend ages and transcend races and transcend geography? Is it? Or, or do you see patterns? Well, there are a lot of different demographics around it, but one uh-huh. thing I can say, kind of an umbrella statement, and this is through the American Association of Suicidology mm-hmm. and the American Foundation uh, for Suicide Prevention, our suicide rates in the United States, anyway, which is what I'm most acquainted with, yeah. are increasing and not decreasing. So there's all kind of other statistics around which age groups and but the the overall statement that I can make and we can talk about demographics and specific populations in yeah. another podcast. Yeah. But the fact that our rates are increasing ought to be disturbing to anybody who yeah. you know who's paying attention. Yeah, and I and I'll tell you I didn't know you know prior to coming to to uh, be a part of the Dougie Center that there was such a field as suicidology. It's you know? in in the scheme of mental health, it's a relatively new field. Mm-hmm. Suicidology, the study of suicide. Yeah. And we all know about psychology and we know about sociology, but a lot of people don't realize that suicidology, the study of suicide, has is a distinct field that a lot of very fine minds have been trying to understand and help alleviate for for a long time. You, I've heard you talk on this subject a little bit, and you sometimes uh, point out some contradictions and definitions in the way we behave uh, on a day-to-day basis and how we think about suicide. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, in a Another time I'd like to talk about why people die of suicide, which is a whole topic that yeah. that deserves more time. But let me start by saying that I think that we stigmatize people around suicide with a lot of our language. And language shapes behavior. You know, the language we use to describe people also shapes how we respond to people. Yeah, And there's so much confusion about Suicide. So just let me give you a, a couple of interesting examples. The Merriam-Webster online dictionary, if you look up suicide, defines it as a verb, which I'm happy about because I advocate we should never use suicide as a noun. Yeah. We should never describe a person as a suicide. But Merriam-Webster defines suicide verb as the act or an instance of taking one's own life voluntarily and intentionally, and here's where it gets really interesting, especially by a person of years of discretion and of sound mind. Which is so bizarre because all of the suicidology organizations will talk about that suicide is a combination of factors, but certainly mood disorders and substance abuse and other sociological factors contribute. So when it says a person of sound mind, it's a real contradiction. Yeah, that gives you a, um, it it makes you think of somebody who's not 
abusing substances and um, is not an, uh, an, or I guess is of sound mind, right? I mean, it's, self, it's self-referential. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I would say my definition of why people die of suicide, and again, we'll talk about it in depth later in yeah, another like time, but really riffs off of Edwin Schneidman, considered the the father, really the founder of, of modern suicidology. And he's, he said, he called it psych ache, like an ache of the soul. Hmm. But basically it was about an, a desire to escape from unbearable pain. Yeah. And without being able to see any other options. So I would say if you are a person who is in psychological pain and or physical pain and relational pain and pain about meaning and you are in such pain that the only way you can imagine getting out of it is to take your life, I wouldn't describe that as being a person of sound mind. Yeah. And and just to carry it even a little further, another definition of su- suicide that comes from Black's Law Dictionary mm-hmm. describes it as, and this is a direct quote, self-destruction, the deliberate termination of one's existence, and again, here's where it gets interesting, while in the possession and enjoyment of his mental faculties. Yeah. So, I mean... It doesn't even make sense. If you're not if you're in the enjoyment of your mental faculties, you're probably not thinking about dying. Right. And you, you're probably not a person in extreme physical pain uh, from from medical treatment or whatever. Or emotional pain. Or emotional pain. Yeah. Relational pain. So so even our definitions are, are skewed. Yeah. this uh you know, I'm I'm just uh, I'm learning a lot of stuff with these podcasts, and and I'm also kind of a knucklehead. So so, forgive me if this is a little bit of a rabbit trail. But just is is that suggestive of a need for a different kind of language around uh, suicide in a, in a, in a, the sense that that these um, these definitions describe versus people who end their life for. Actually, I think uh, however much of a knucklehead you perceive yourself to be, (laughs) um, I think that's a really, really key point. Because until we have a better understanding of what it is and why people die of suicide, we're not going to be as effective in prevention or in responding to those who are bereaved by the suicide death of someone. So I actually think that is a really key issue. Is that, that something that the the suicidologists and and the associations that you that you spoke about before is that is that something that that they talk about on a regular basis? Absolutely, and really? I think that they focus on that quite a bit. I think what one of the challenges is that our larger society has such judgment and stigma and lack of understanding around what suicide is, who yeah. is at risk, how to identify. Uh, there's just so many misconceptions and misperceptions out there that it, it gets challenging. Yeah. Here, here's another example, Brendan, just using the word suicide. So Gallup, you know, the company that does polls and surveys, yep. Yep. in 2005 – they did a survey and they asked people 
if they are agreed or disagreed with the statement that doctors should be allowed by law to end the lives of patients suffering from incurable diseases if the patient and his or her family requested it. Okay? Mm -hmm. So when they asked it that way, 75% of their respondents agreed, yes, yes, doctors should be allowed by law to end the lives of patients suffering if the patient... They took the same question and worded it this way, doctors should be allowed by law to assist the patient to commit suicide if they are suffering from incurable diseases, if the patient and his or her family requested it. Same end result. They should either be able to end their lives Mm -hmm. or they should be able to commit suicide or assist the patient to commit suicide. And and it dropped to 58% of people agreed. Mainly because of the inclusion of the word. Mainly because of the inclusion of the word. There also is the piece around assisting the patient. But there have been other surveys that have just using the word allowed to die, permitted to die, permitted to end their life Uh versus permitted to to kill themselves or permitted to to commit suicide. And the numbers dropped. So just using that word still has a tremendous import. And, And what it results in both is a, a lack of understanding of suicidal people and a huge lack of support for families who are bereaved by a suicide death. Yeah. And how to talk about it. And is that something, do you think that's something that, because the, the question aims at, at uh, the medical community, does the medical community wrestle with these ideas, do you think? Well, I think the medical community absolutely wrestles, and I'm not talking about physician-assisted suicide okay. or death with dignity uh-huh. as an act that we have in Oregon. Yeah. I'm talking about, because that, again, is another topic, yeah. but I am talking about how people are assisted or not assisted by their families, by the community, by the by the mainstream culture at large, as well as how do you identify suicidal people? A large number of suicidal people or people who ultimately die of suicide have seen either a physician, a medical professional, or a mental health professional within within a short period of time before they die. There's also a large number who never get to a mental health professional. But the whole issue of how do we identify people and how do we help prevent is a very, very large topic in medical and mental health circles. I'm afraid we don't have enough of the solutions around that yet. Man, that is a lot to to take in. I I know I've heard when when we talk about language and uh, language specifically around suicide, and I have heard... Um, you described, you, you hinted at it earlier when you talked about using um, suicide as a verb and not a noun, which makes a lot of sense because we don't talk about people who die in a fire as uh, they are a burn. Right. But you hear people say, oh, he was a suicide. Right. And, and it, seems, it seems disrespectful to me. 
Well, I don't know what it's dismissive or something. It's dismissive, but it also reduces people to their mode of death. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that often happens in suicide deaths is that if you say to somebody, oh, I'm sorry, your father died. How did he die? And you say in a car accident or he had a sudden heart attack and dropped dead. People still aren't that comfortable with death, but they most likely will say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that or something generally comforting. But if you say he jumped off a bridge or he died of suicide, they really don't know what to say. Yeah. You know, and when we call someone a suicide or, you know, we wouldn't call someone who died of cancer a cancer. Right. Unless that's a whole other issue. But you know, yeah. we wouldn't call somebody a car accident who died yep. in a car accident. So yep. why do we call people? Why do we reduce people, speaking of reductionism again, to their mode of death? And often yeah. when people who die of suicide, what we remember about them or what's talked about is how they died, not who they were and how they lived. Yeah. And that's of, of great additional pain to families who are coping with with a family member or friend who dies of suicide. Yeah, and I, and not to skip over that important piece of it when we talked about the families and the friends that are affected, but but uh, aiming back at language again, I have heard I have heard the word suicided. Yeah, you know what I'm talking. I do. You know I do know. Yeah. I do. And you know what? That's a topic for our next podcast <laughs> okay. on language and suicide because. I, I'm not in favor of the word suicided any more than I would be cancered or yeah. heart attacked. Yeah. And I'm going to save a larger discussion for another podcast specifically on the language we use with suggestions of what to use and why not to use. But that's suicided great. is one of those. Don't use it. Yeah, that's great. Well, that... Um this feels like a pretty good intro to the topic, and it, and it also feels like a much bigger topic than I even anticipated, uh, and it sounds like there's, there's a lot more to say. There's a lot more to say, and we're trying to kind of break it into smaller, you know, smaller pieces so we can go a little more in-depth. Yeah. And so, again, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that one at a... a, a podcast to follow that's good that's good anything else you want to wrap up with on on this topic i just think i want to end brendan with saying that one of the reasons this is, matters so much all of this around language and around stigma and suicide is that despite all the money and all the research and all the effort being channeled into suicide prevention our suicide rates in the united states are increasing not decreasing. So we are missing the mark. We're not getting it right. And until we settle some of these other kinds of issues, we're, I'm afraid we're going to continue to see the rates increase. And that, that is concerning, deeply and, concerning. And we can talk about that in another episode as well. Okay. Yeah, because I, I'm, I'm super curious about the dynamics around that and, and what, what you see out in the world uh, around that. So, listeners, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Dear, the Dear Dougie podcast. And to learn more about the Dougie Center and to listen to past episodes, visit us at Dougie.org. 
You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, and our username is The Dougie Center, all one word. And we want to answer your questions about grief and loss and bereavement, so send, us, send them our way at help at Dougie.org. And be sure to put the word podcast in the subject line somewhere so we can kind of separate those emails from others we get to that address. And finally, you can help us help grieving children and families by giving this podcast a rating in iTunes. Every rating helps make the podcast rank a little bit better and and become a little bit more findable in the iTunes search engine. So that, that'd be super helpful for us, and, and we'd really appreciate all the ratings. Donna, thanks again for talking. Thank you, Brendan. All right. See you later. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.